On today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, we'll be bringing in Nick Fairbanks for another edition of Fairbanks Friday. It's a post-game edition of the show. We'll be discussing the Florida Panthers' 3-1 victory over the New York Islanders. We're going to talk about how great Sergey Bobrovsky looked and how Matthew Kachuk looked in his first game in a Panther sweater. We'll be discussing that next here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Friday, October 14th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listener of the day. I'm Armando Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at MonoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Don't forget to also subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Roden and Locked On NHL. We'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. So, Cats fans, the Florida Panthers find a way to defeat the New York Islanders in their first of three road games to start the season by a final score of three to one in this one. Really the story was really the goalies and the penalty kill for both teams. The Florida penalty kill really set the tone, creating so many opportunities. Uh, Rushes going the other way, two on one. Sergey Bobrovsky stood tall with 16 saves in the first period. And then the Florida Panthers took the second period, really dominated the period, and really never trailed in this one. And with despite a slight scare of uh, the New York Islanders, those Panthers responded 30 seconds later. Patrick Hornquist gets the second goal of the game. And really, Matthew Kachuk, what can we say more about Matthew Kachuk? With 16 shot attempts, get his gets his uh, empty net goal, first goal as a Panther on his 16th attempt in an empty net and Etu Lusterainen got also the first goal of the game for the Panthers in a one of the weirdest goals you'll ever see but it was just a pure example of puck getting the puck to the net and and that is how the Florida Panthers got a 3-1 victory over the New York Islanders first game lots of turnover for for the Panthers this offseason and more importantly a W and a W on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Nick, welcome back on a on what is a post-game edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Thank you for having me back. And uh, I can't even remember the last time we actually did one of these, you know, outside of maybe a, you know, possibly a preseason. But uh, it's good to get back in the saddle. Good to start off with a win, too. Um, saw a lot of good things. Uh you know, you saw the turnover with the team and that, you know, they're starting to gel, but maybe their timing's not quite there. But um, you saw a lot of good things, a lot of things that you didn't see last season, but things that could hopefully be sustainable going forward. Yeah, and, and like I said, it was the 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 Florida Panthers and both the New York Islanders, They it was really a defensive game for, for the Panthers. And at times, I felt like it was more controlled by the Islanders because that's just their style of play. Of course, the Panthers are playing in their barn. Ilya Sorokin's one of the best goalies in in the National Hockey League currently, likely uh, going, going to be a candidate for the Vesna. 
But still, despite at times the Florida Panthers playing New York's type of game, at least based on the reputation that we've seen in the last few years, they find they find a way to win. They find a way to not allow the Islanders to really get into the dirty areas. And we've even seen some instinctual plays by Sergei Bobrovsky. There was a, like a big rush from Casey Zizekas. And Sergei Bobrovsky had to make the instinctual decision to go out of his net to 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 disrupt uh, any type of rush for for the for the New York Islanders there. So it was a uh, it, it was a grinded out win, not an easy one. And it was uh, during the game I was talking about mostly, especially going to that second period where the Panthers were still on the power play thinking, okay, the, the Islanders are, are that team where if they're down two goals, it's really hard for that team specifically to come back. So the key for the Panthers was really to just get that two goal separation uh, to start the third period. Of course they didn't get it. It took them until that empty net goal to, to really break away from this game. But Hey, you, you, you don't, you don't complain about wins in this league. No, and uh, this was more of a defensive-minded slash playoff game. I mean, it was tough. It was gritty. Um, There's not a lot of open space, but when there was, it seemed like both teams were kind of going back and forth on that. Like, um, the Islanders would have a few chances, and Florida would come back and have a few chances as well. But luckily, um, you know, nobody was hurt by that. Um, it just the game finally settled down. Um, Matthew Tuchuk was definitely the best player on the ice tonight. He was noticeable from the start. Uh, almost scored on his first shift, which was awesome. You know, he did his signature play where he tried to put the puck between his legs and, you know, just kind of skirted through the uh, blue paint. But uh, that was awesome to see. And every time he had the puck, he was always looking to shoot. And that's what Florida brought him in to do is not only be a chirper, play the body, play a two-way defensive game, but also to shoot the damn puck. And we got a good taste of it tonight. Uh, second best player on the ice was definitely Bob. I thought Bob had a stellar game, had a few stops that I was really questioning, like, okay, this, this could be your typical Bob goal where he's going to let it in a five hole. And he just stood on his head and, uh, made it happen. Um, the only way the Islanders were able to score tonight was because of, you know, E2 Lusterine and putting two goals in the net, you know, he scored his first one off of a deflection. And then he scored one for the Islanders, unfortunately, on a deflection off of Dobson shot and, uh, Bobrovsky didn't have a shot at that one, but, um, no complaints here about the team, um, at all. Uh, you could tell that everybody was definitely bought into the game plan of what they were going to do coming in and they executed it. Mm, absolutely. And I want to actually take a, an opportunity to talk a little bit about a new Panther, Josh Mahura, uh, playing on that third pair with radical goose saw a little bit of power play two time, but there was a shift that I saw we were talking about a pre-recording that I saw, we saw him keeping up with Matthew Barzell and Matthew Barzell is not an easy person to keep up with and not, not allowing Matthew Barzell to get past him. And this, this is one of the other, I'm not saying that Josh Mahara is going to be a, like a Gus Forsley as far as like waiver claims for the Panthers, but I kind of like what I saw out of uh, uh, Josh Mahara tonight. How about you? Definitely. Uh, from somebody that I didn't know coming in and, you know, why was Florida bringing this other guy and they have other players that, you know, could step up and play. Um, you know, I think of Carlson who was waived, unfortunately, and then you have Hepo Niemi on the front end that was waived as well. And that's now down at Charlotte. You just kind of wonder like, well, what is their thinking here? And I think we got a little bit of a uh, taste of what Mahara can actually bring to the team. Um, he is more of an offensive minded uh defenseman because he can skate but as you said you know he was able to track down Barzell and everything and as long as 
you can maintain or contain those type of players and everything, uh, you should be successful most of the time. Absolutely. And that's uh, that a, and when someone has a chip on their shoulder and they are no longer on the team that they, that, that drafted them, uh, that great opportunity for Mihura to, to try to make a, an impact, but really one thing that is a continuous trend for this Panthers is just their ability to just use their speed to consistently draw penalties. I mean, the second period alone, draw, being able to draw three penalties and and taking their time, taking their time to be on the man advantage in in total as as far as PIM uh, for 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 the Islanders, ten minutes where where the where the Panthers had their opportunity to just control the puck. Five on five, they 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 were outstanding. Really, the 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 stretch of the game where the the Islanders really controlled most of the possession was really that four on four towards the end of the first period, and then towards yep. the end when they brought the extra skater. But other than that, I didn't really see the Panthers really give uh give too many opportunities. Not well, they had their <laughs> the Islanders had their opportunities. as but what I mean is controlling possession. Outside of that four on four and then towards the end of the game, I didn't see really the Panthers letting up. No, um, you know, I, I think the forwards did a fantastic job of four checking and then also being responsible in the defensive zone of not giving them a lot of time. Uh, I have to give credit to the blue line, blue liners as well, because they stood up at the blue line letting or not allowing the Islanders an easy in. They'd always have to chip it in and go dig for it. And, hope, and more often than not, Florida was either battling for that puck or actually winning those battles. So that was actually really nice to see rather than just letting the team, you know, skate through the zone and get an opportunity. Um, you know, uh, the, the penalties uh, that the Islanders took were just because of hard work that the Panthers, you know, were, you know, doing, they were skating, um, you know, if there was, you know, a stick in their mid area or they felt like they had a chance to get a call, they were always moving. Um, I will say though, the uh, penalties that the Panthers took were one of them, saved the goal. So thank you, Racco yes. Gudas, for covering for Mark Stahl on that one because that – I was having nightmares um, of uh, Keith Yandel and uh, Mackenzie Weger uh, give-ups there. So uh, it was a little scary, but it was a necessary penalty, and I think Florida was able to clean up pretty well uh, considering uh, they only gave up one goal. Yeah, and let's actually uh, talk a little bit more about uh, Mark Stahl uh, in segment number two and also – Matthew Kachuk and Sergei Bobrovsky as well, because what incredible gains by those two. And of course, continuing to have the conversation of where this blue line stands for, for the Panthers. Uh, but first, we're going to tell you all about BetOnline. And BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, and podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continuing source for all your sports wagering information from live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. Second segment on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. I have Nick Fairbanks here in the house recapping a three to one road victory over the Florida Panthers. And listen, listen, Nick, I I know I know it's one game for for the Panthers, but and we were we were talking a lot. A little bit about Mark Stahl pre-recording and even a little bit towards the end of that that first segment but 
you were talking we we were talking about that that turnover in their own zone that that got Racco Gudis uh to the box and we talked about how it saved the goal. I mean a few a few seconds later Noah Dobson gets it to the net uh, and and a lot of bodies right in front of Sergey Borowski, nothing he can do. And and despite despite all that 20, 20 32 of 33 for Sergey Bobrovsky, what a night for what a night for him. But it's just the continued questions of like what this blue line looks like and it's just not something that's going to go away after after one night. But hey, the Panthers found a way to win, but still, it's really still something to like monitor uh, later on into the season. And we spoke about Mark Stahl and his big frame and kind of, you were talking about pre-recording about how the Panthers really see Mark Stahl as really just a big guy. Yeah. And I, I, to be honest with you, I think this is the only thing he's going to be able to bring because if you saw him play with the puck tonight and everything, his passes weren't crisp. Um, his skating wasn't up, you know, to par, not to say that his skating ever really has been up to par, not taking his shots or anything. It's just his skating is not his best attribute. Um, and then unfortunately with that giveaway, he passed it right to an Islander that created a, a goal scoring chance. And thankfully Racco was there to bail him out. But there was other um, areas where he just he could not decide what to do with the puck or clear it quick enough. And, you know, in this game, if you can't if you have possession of the puck, you can't get rid of it quick enough. Then um, it's got to be next man up. It's got to be somebody younger, somebody faster. And you can't help but think that maybe Stahl will be, you know, just maybe, you know, setting up in the press box a couple games this year. But, um, you know, that begs into question then, you know, who else is going to take his place? Is it going to be a Carlson? Is Matt Kirkstad going to um going to come up and uh, actually take his spot um and what's the salary cap situation look like because that's basically it I mean we couldn't sign Eric Stahl because we don't have any cap space we have Anthony Duclair who's on IR right now um and when he comes back what are they going to do with cap space with that but um other than that huge talking point um I was happy with Ekblad he played very well defensively tonight um maybe only had one blooper you know, unfortunately, and I think against Barzell, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, Gus, Gus Forsling played the way he does. I thought he was noticeable. Um, Gudis played his game. I think he uh, limited the hits, which was a good thing because I know towards the end of last season, he was looking to maim anybody he could. And then uh, Montour, uh, you know, he's uh, quarterbacking the power play right now, which I think is going to take a little bit of adjusting for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he'll be fine, but my only ask is that when he shoots is that he gets them on net or at least gets it in an area so that somebody has uh, a chance at a juicy rebound. But other than that, I have no complaints about the defense after the first period. And and looking at the power play for the Panthers, uh, we talked about earlier how they had 10 minutes of ice time, you know, over five on, on the power play, but 21, 20, 21 shot attempts uh, with, with seven of them getting on the net. So a lot of deflections uh, and, and also 33% of their, of their shot attempts getting to the net. Uh, but let, let's also talk about Patrick Hornquist as well. Uh, you know, th- this was, this was a game where despite the first and second line getting their, their, their chances, not getting anything through the net, but it, but the, but the actual convert conversions coming from the bottom six of, of the Panthers. Of course, we spoke about Etulus Lusterain and it's, it's crazy get the puck into the net and crazy things can happen. Uh, mm-hmm. And who who would have thought that Etu would have gotten the, the, the first goal of the season. I know, I, I know I, that wasn't <laughs> on my bingo card, but Patrick Hornquist, we were, we were talking all off season about 
the best way to, for the Panthers to create, create cap space is an easy, an easy answer, at least from, from our perspective is the, is the cap hit of where Patrick Hornquist sits, but the, the, the checking of the four, the four checking of the, of the fourth line, Ryan Lomberg getting the puck onto the net and then Patrick Hornquist's ability to retrieve the puck, wrap it around and still, and still keep the puck on, on his stick after, after Sorokin, it gets on Sorokin's glove and Hey, that that's that's kind of that's kind of the veteran leadership that that the Florida Panthers appreciate from someone like Patrick Hornquist and you know not 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 a goal that you always script out but definitely (laughs) definitely something that even though Patrick Hornquist isn't the same Patrick Hornquist from Pittsburgh and even in his first season as the Panthers hey uh it's it's great to see that he got on the scoreboard uh on Thursday night yeah, and what a timely goal. I mean, that's what veterans are there for is to actually put the team's position to win or at least, um, you know, have scoring chances. And the response they had after the Dobson goal was perfect. 30 seconds later, uh, you're forechecking. Um, you are able to drive uh, around behind the net and then just wrap it around and, um, you know, put one in on Sorokin. Um, I don't think, you know... <laughs> I don't think Hornquist really, um, you know, is one of those wraparound type guys. Like he's not quite quick enough to like go around the back of the net and do it, but you know what? He's a big guy. I mean, I'm pretty sure he can power his way through it and, you know, score like he did. But um, I think that goal actually turned the momentum again, because I think the Islanders were, you know, they were, they were kind of on their heels a little bit. They got the power play, they scored. And now the momentum was back on their side of things. And then here comes Hornquist on the other side, just taking it right away. And, Florida never looked back after that. I felt like they had a solid game after that defensively. Uh, didn't let Bob, um, you know, struggle. Um, they kind of let him see the puck and were clearing out um, a bunch of rebounds. So, uh, again, just being able to create chances and, uh, you know, make an impact on a game. That's all we can ask for Hornquist. And, and we're starting to kind of see now, I mean, it's only one game, but kind of like, where the Panthers are at least in one game of when they have a lead late into the third period. It's just really about being responsible on your own end. And even though, even though there's an opportunity to, to have a check in the, in the neutral zone to not overcommit to something because then, then, then that's an opportunity for someone to get a huge breakaway and, and Bob could be left out to dry. So I noticed that, that the Panthers weren't doing too much to like overcommit on a, on a check. And, and really they, they helped out, they helped out Sergey Bobrovsky. And just looking at some of the heat charts on like five on five on natural stat trick, the, just the, the, the areas that on five on five, it's, it's not colored dark for, for the Islanders right in front Good. of that. And, and, and just looking at that, it's a big thumbs up when, whenever I look at that, that's for sure. That's something that I guess we would not expect coming into the season because I know there's a lot of questions. I mean, we just talked about it, about the defensive core, the blue line coming into the season. You know, my, my first prediction is, you know, is our Bob and Knight going to get lit up this season because we have a bunch of new people here. Uh, we have some experience, but again, you know, the whole team's learning a whole new system as well. Are they going to buy in and you know, how quickly is it going to take them to actually get to, you know, knowing the system and, you know, they played pretty well tonight. And uh, I'm just, I'm really happy that Bob was able to have the performance he did. And the fact that he's able to start a season off this way, rather than let's say last season, 
um, where, you know, the Panthers were trailing and had to come back and claw back against the Pittsburgh Penguins and everything. And, you know, Verhege scoring the game winner. This was a complete uh, team win. So very happy to see that. <laughs> yep. Uh, you and I were, you and I were that, there to witness and, as fun as as fun as those high scoring games were, uh, sometimes you gotta sometimes you gotta appreciate some of these low scoring wins. It's just like in postseason baseball when it's just like a pitcher's duel. Those those, those mm-hmm. are just those are just you just think to yourself when it when is a when is a team gonna break through? And it, it took a little bit for for both of these teams too. But hey, uh, the the Panthers are on the winning end. 1-0-0 to, to start the season before heading to Buffalo on Saturday at 1 p.m. Matinee matchup against division rival Buffalo. And Nick, looking, I, I know it's a matinee game, and mostly in past years we would see the Panthers go with Spencer Knight mm-hmm. to, to, to play in a, in a matinee game. But I think because it's so early in the, in the season – I wouldn't doubt if we. I wouldn't doubt if we see Sergey Borovsky again on Saturday against Buffalo. I wouldn't either. But the question I would have is: Do you think that's enough time for him to rest, considering it's this early in the season? Do you start riding him now, um, or do you just give him a break and get Spencer in there because Spencer just signed his contract? You want to see what you have in him, and if he's kind of grown over the summer. Um, so that that's just one question I would I would have is: You know, do you want to start burning out Borovsky now? And, mm-hmm. um, that's so that's, that's the only thing. Yeah. That's the only thing I have. But other than that, um, I think if Spencer wasn't knocking on the door, I would definitely say Bob, but you know, you got to see what you got at night this season. Absolutely. And the workload is going to increase, not necessarily 41, uh, games played, but it's going to get be somewhere closer to four, um, 41 more than likely. And it might not be one of these matinee games. It might just be a random weekday game in, in, in the beginning of, of the season. So it might be, uh, it might be like a two two games and one, or like a mm-hmm. two two games uh, and two game stretch. It, the rotation might be slightly different uh, this season for 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 both the goaltenders. But hey, I wouldn't be surprised if seeing if we saw Bobrovsky on on Saturday. That's for sure. But in segment number three, we are going to discuss our thoughts on around the NHL and maybe something a little strange that we're seeing on TV broadcast now this time around for not only the Panthers, but around the NHL. We're going to discuss that next here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Third and final segment here on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Nick Fairbanks is here with me, Armando Velez, on this post-game edition where the Florida Panthers defeat the New York Islanders by a final score of 3-1 to one at UBS Arena. And one thing I haven't mentioned yet is the is the is the Panthers jersey uh, sponsors Auto Nation? Uh, not gonna lie, uh, not gonna lie. Uh, for anyone who grew up in South Florida in early to late nineties, uh, Auto Nation being called Marooni growing up, those old Ghostbuster uh, theme commercials. I still say Marooni every time I hear the Ghostbusters theme. Uh, for those who didn't grow up in the area, just look up that video. That video on YouTube, it's available at because I searched it myself uh, and they're still available. <laughs> but one thing that's really strange, that's a little different that the NHL is doing is those, what they're doing around the boards. Have How much it, it's, it, you can't miss it when you watch it on the TV broadcast about how, when, of course, when you're in the arena, you, you see the same old advertisements, but you're seeing now 
the the different uh the the switching of the advertisements uh on like a like a video board like soccer kind of uh mm-hmm. and that's a little honestly that it's something that I'm kind of getting used to but as someone who kind of watches soccer as well a little bit uh it, it's a little weird now that that it's getting into hockey so you're taking me back to when I first became a Panthers fan uh, in 1999 when Pablo Burry was acquired and um, staying up later to watch the games or watch the replay at midnight because back then DirecTV would always play replay the game, uh, you know, the night previous at midnight or 1 a.m. and just staying up and seeing those commercials with who you're going to call. So even though I didn't grow up in South Florida or anything, I still know exactly what you're talking about. So Mm -hmm. uh, I had to get that out there. But um, as far as the ads go, I think it's an ingenious idea. Um, I think the technology is there. They just have a few tweaks because I don't like it when a player goes into the ad and then comes right back out of the ad. Like, what's going on there? Um, You know, it's kind of like a bad N64 emulator. You know, you kind of just go through the the wall that you're not supposed to. But um, I think they will get that fixed. And I think not only is it better for the league because it'll bring in more ad revenue, um, it might be, you know, a little bit better for the players because they won't have to deal with ads on the boards. It won't distract them from where the puck is possibly hitting, um, you know, because it'll be just nothing but whiteboards, uh, you know, along the side. So um, just interesting to see what they're going to go with it. And uh, hopefully Valley Sports, uh, you know, if, the, if they're going to be around, um, kind of gets on that and, you know, can kind of move their scoreboard from the bottom of the screen to the top of the screen so I can actually see the advertisements that are trying to be put on and that they're trying to sell me. Just, just move a little, <laughs> that scoreboard, just, 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 just a little bit up there, you know, the upper left-hand corner. Be like everybody else. It's okay. It's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. And, and yeah, going, and, and now that we are just about three days through the NHL season, there's been a lot of, upsets uh there's been a lot of mm-hmm. former panthers uh, former panthers getting on the scoreboard mason marchman got two goals for the dallas stars uh, on on thursday night and frank vetrano got a goal that that cut the de- deficit for the ducks to one i actually stayed up uh and watched the end of edmonton vancouver on on wednesday and seeing Connor mcdavid just do Connor mcdavid things i watched the whole uh, Colorado Avalanche versus Chicago Blackhawks. I know we've been talking all offseason about how bad Chicago is going to be, but man, I don't know why. I don't know why you put that game as an opening night game where where the talent is just that. There's a talent discrepancy like that big. I I just wish that there was a better quality game as far as the first game for the Stanley Cup uh, champion and New York, the the Rangers. Uh, Chris Kreider scored tonight against the against the Wild, but. Even in that first game, even though he didn't get in front of the net, uh, even though he didn't get a puck behind the net, I, I was I was looking at his over under as far as like point totals, and I was hitting on that. I was thinking that's going to be under because how much can he uh, he? It was only one season where he's had that that much of a point total from last season, but hey, he, he seems like a person who is going to keep up what he did last season, and of course. The big upset that a lot of people are talking about in the Atlantic Division. I didn't watch a single second of that game, but I know I know you watched it of Montreal, uh, Toronto. Uh, Jake Muzzin had a turnover that that caused uh, Anderson to get the game winner. So those are stories around the Atlantic Division and Ottawa. 
uh, gets blown out on Thursday night against the the Buffalo Sabres, the new look Ottawa Senators. So, wh- what are your thoughts on so far the first uh, three th- uh, three days of the NHL season? Let me start off with my favorite team to talk about, the Toronto Maple Leafs. They did not seem like they had the energy to start a season at all. Uh, their defense looked sloppy. They were turning the puck over. Um, they looked like Mark Stahl most of the most of the game. Um, and just that giveaway from Jake Muzzin over to it was it didn't go directly to Anderson, but Anderson was able to pick up the puck and he put a beautiful shot on. I I don't know if anybody was expecting Murray to save that because that thing was top corner and it went in and it just. You could see that Toronto still has the demons left over from last season. And, you know, you can see that they're not over it. And Montreal took advantage. Montreal played them hard. Um, Did they possess the puck a lot? No, but they didn't really give Toronto too many chances. And when they did, I mean, you know, Toronto did snipe some in. But, you know, you have Goal Caulfield over there to help them out as well. He put two past Murray that were pretty sick as well. But, um yeah, just Toronto looks the same to me. Um, not really impressed. I mean, I, I haven't seen or checked. I don't know if they won tonight. I know Matthew scored, so probably they did. But, you they know, did, I think against it's gonna Washington. Be, okay. Okay. I think it's going to be a tough season for them. Um, I don't think they're going to be, uh, you know, the, the world beaters that we all think that they were going to be. Um, Buffalo looks a lot better. Um, I still think that Ottawa is probably going to be one of those teams that, I think everybody expects to be a ton better, but again, as we talked about, I think their defense and their goaltending is going to be an issue. Um, and then who else do we have to talk about? The avalanche against Chicago. I mean, from one side of it, I can see you want to kind of like post, post up your poster boys right now of who just won the cup and why not give them a gimme against a team that's probably going to finish less than probably 60 points this season, maybe not even hit 55. Um, so, you know, may, maybe next year, you know, if you have the cup, um, you know, champions play, maybe play against a rival. Uh, hey, <laughs> yeah, we, could, we we could see a Tampa and uh, Panthers opening. We've seen it before. Steve Levy, Steve Levy predicted the Panthers uh, to to mm-hmm. win the cup. John Butchercross did not even have the Panthers making the playoffs. Yeah, did you see what I said uh, that Jaws or uh, you know fluff flying fluff. Uh, Flying fluff, Fluffy should do. Uh, I keep wanting to say a different word. What Flying Fluffy wants to do, uh, what I told him he should do if, the, if that comes true. Oh, uh, what, what, uh, go, go ahead and say it. Uh, say it, say it I, I told him to make a nice dish of chicken parmesan, burn it, <laughs> and then sprinkle some hoobie snacks if he has any left, and then bury it. I'm just... If that happens, then I, I think there's going to be some wholesale changes to Florida because there's no reason why this team shouldn't make the playoffs. But um, uh, I'll talk about Anaheim. They scrapped last night. That was a team that I also think gets the short end of the stick. Their defense is not good at all, but they have some offensive talent that is out of this world that will keep into a lot of games. And I feel like John Gibson is this generation's Roberto Luongo by far the way that he plays and the way that he keeps his team in it. Um, and the, uh, I guess the motivation or just the aura that he has, it, it it's just like Luongo. And I would love, I would have loved if we would have acquired him, like be able to move Bob's contract and get John here. That, that would have mm-hmm. been an awesome one, two combo between him and Knight. And the Anaheim Ducks might not make the playoffs, but they're probably going to be one of the most fun non-playoff mm-hmm. teams to watch because of Zegras, McTavish, Jamie Drysdale, 
former Florida Terry. Panthers, Droy Terry, Frank Vetrano. That's going to be fun. Matty Bernier's got on the board as well for the Seattle Kraken as well. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a fun one. He's 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 likely going to be challenging for uh, the Calder Trophy uh, th- this this season as well. So that's going to that's going to be one of those uh, non playoff teams that are probably going to be one of the most uh, fun ones to definitely uh, keep an eye on. But one team that might actually be in trouble early on, uh, not 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 Atlantic Division, Washington. Uh, they Uh-oh. they I they. They uh, get destroyed by a depleted Boston team, and then they just lo- they lose in regulation uh, uh, tonight against the Maple Leafs. Uh, of course, Alex Ovechkin is going to get his goals. Uh, he's he's it's going to be probably another season until he breaks uh, Gretzky's record, maybe two. But even even with that signing of Darcy Kemper, uh, they 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 won the Colorado Avalanche won in spite of Kemper. So. Correct. It's just really, I, I don't know. I don't know if that commitment to Darcy Kemper is going to take them over the top as, as the as as the skaters in Washington are getting a little older. You actually hit the nail on the head. I was just going to mention that um, Washington's getting older. Um, their captain is, you know, I don't want to say winding down his career because he's obviously changing or chasing Gretzky, but you can just tell that that team is not. They're not built for the playoffs. I mean, Florida gave them every chance last season to win that series, and they just couldn't put it away, Uh, whether you want to call it goaltending or, you know, lack of goal scoring from other people other than, you know, TJ Oshie, because it seems like he was scoring all the damn goals for them. Power play, too. uh, Exactly. And um, it just – that's a team that I feel like needed to retool this summer, and the only thing that they really did, in my opinion, was Darcy Kemper and – he was the Trent Dilfer of goaltenders last year. <laughs> so um, that that is a team that needs to retool whether they're going to do it this year. They need to do it next year. Um, Pittsburgh had a chance to do it, and they think they, they can go another year or two with uh, Crosby, Malkin, and Latang. So we'll see what happens. I, I think some of the premier teams that we've been getting used to over the last decade are the ones that are going to start dipping a little bit, and you're going to see some other teams rise here really soon. Um, Buffalo probably being one of them. Um, and then who else in uh, the Metro? Um, yeah, I don't. I don't really think anybody else in the Metro is going to raise up. I think everybody's going to stay status quo. Yeah, and also the Columbus Blue Jackets lost Patrick Laine after he scored uh, yesterday. So yeah, the 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 Blue Jackets might be in a little bit of trouble as far as injuries as well. So that that is uh that's that's really something to monitor is like how much is Johnny Gaudreau going to carry them? I mean, Cole Sillinger is a nice piece. I really like Kent Johnson from what I saw in the world juniors as well. So that's another young team that might not make the playoffs. That might be a a really, a really fun one. uh, That's for sure. They, they have goaltending too. I Mm. mean, they, they have no shortage of goaltending. I know that uh, their top goaltender. um, Merzlikens. Yeah, Merzlikens is uh, either ill or he's uh, just mildly injured, but their goaltender uh, that they had in last night, Tazaroff, I think it was, or Tazaroff, um, he played pretty well, um, considering that he doesn't have a lot of experience. He, he looked like he was a veteran uh, in the little bit that I was able to watch. So um, just some things to look out for. I mean, I, I really hope that this season has a lot of healthy players, uh, a lot of the stars staying healthy because the NHL needs it right now, and it's only going to help with the revenue that they're trying to bring up. Um, and hopefully that increases the salary cap significantly 
in the next year or two because we as Florida Panthers fan right now are dealing with that issue. Um, you know, whether you want to blame the former regime or this regime now for spending money or spending first round picks, whatever you want to blame right now. Um, it's just something we're going to have to get through this year. And then hopefully next year we have a little bit more space and a little bit more creativity to add to the team. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a great place to end it. And a one mm -hmm. one oh and oh to start the season is definitely a good start. Uh, there's going to be some highs and lows throughout the season. Definitely not expecting 122 point season like last year, but hey, a one oh and oh start and a road win, two points on the road, regardless of the opponent. <laughs> we'll, we'll take that. And and we I spoke about this with Jacob about how the October schedule is really an opportunity for the Panthers to really. Uh, take advantage and to really to start get a, getting ahead so that they put themselves in the position to still uh, be a playoff team and and then you take it from there about, about, and then get to play uh, your best hockey toward the end of the season which of course we knew how how la last year ended but Nick I want to thank you so much once again for joining me on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast uh, by the time by the time we meet again uh, next week, we will be we will have one home game down, and we will be previewing the very first regular season matchup against the Tampa Bay Lightning at FLA Live Arena on the twenty first. So tell everybody where they can find you online. Well, uh, I do want to make a correction real quick. Uh, I did mess up on Twitter today, which is at Prudentia Zero. I uh, mistakenly said that Florida was over thirty three on the power play since the playoffs last season. Thanks to the Twitter followers, they did get one. And I'm sorry if that went over my head because they were so horrific mm -hmm. on the power play during the postseason <laughs> that they might as well have been over 33. So anyways, thank you guys for calling me out on that. I take full ownership of it. So thank you for keeping me honest. But again, follow me on Twitter at Prudentia Zero. And uh, <laughs> thank you again for having me on. I'm hoping uh, that we can talk again next Thursday. And uh, we're talking about a 2-0 team. Absolutely. And uh, thank you once again for joining and I'll see you next Friday. See you next Friday. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Lockdown NHL where they'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure you listen to today's episode of Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone bring you the fantasy edge and keep you ahead of the competition with daily updates of news, analysis, and advice Monday through Friday. Available on YouTube, Odyssey, and wherever you get podcasts. Sorry, Mamanda Velez with Nick Fairbanks. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.